You're listening to the Extra Point Podcast. During this podcast, we will dive deeper into our Sunday teaching and share practical next steps for your faith journey. Now, let's kick off the Extra Point. Welcome to the Extra Point Podcast. I'm Scott Beha, the lead pastor here at Southridge Church, and this week we are turning the microphone around as we interview our next steps in discipleship pastor, Pastor Cheryl Ross, who was our speaker this past weekend. So rather than me answering the questions this week, I'll be the one asking them. And so we are in week three of a series called Inception, where we are looking um, at the first 11 chapters of Genesis, where we're going back to the beginning of the Bible and kind of working through that. Um, and so we've made it uh, up to Genesis chapter three. Um, most of us know this chapter as the the fall of humanity or the fall of creation or some sort where Adam and Eve make a, a horribly bad decision that has had lasting impact for all of us. And so that's the story um, that Pastor Cheryl was focused on this past week. And uh, one of the things that I found really interesting from the sermon that she brought out was that as the, the woman was approached by a serpent in a garden, which, you know, in those types of atmospheres, serpents seem pretty normal. They seem like they belong there. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that you you mentioned is how a lot of times when uh, we're faced with decisions, uh, things show up that look like they belong there. They look like they could be good things. They look like they could be normal things. But then yet they, they get the best of us sometimes. Mm-hmm. So what are some practical ways that you see this happened to us in our everyday lives where things look like they belong there, but maybe they're really leading us away. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of, like one of the one ways that I sort of pointed out had to do with affairs, but I think, um, you know, in culture today and for a while we've seen just an uptick of, of divorce being like just a normal option. And there are reasons and, and good, even biblical reasons for divorce. But I really believe that like a lot of people think, that that is just a normal thing to do like that it's not a big deal that we can go ahead and choose this just to make it easier on everybody when really that might not be the the right thing just because it's normal for culture normal for for others who um maybe don't have that christian foundation or a belief in god would see that as normal i think Um, in other ways, it's, it's really probably little simple, subtle things that might happen that promotion or that, um, opportunity to go on a trip or, um, an opportunity to go play golf with the guys maybe, or, um, something like that. Like just making sure with every decision and everything that you're looking at that, although it may be good, like, is it what's good for the whole, like for your whole family, for, um, the whole of, of, you know, yourself and, and what that's going to lead you to in the long run, um, having a drink, uh, with friends may seem normal and okay and not a big deal, but if you're one who struggles with one drink being not the normal, um, then maybe that's not good. Maybe that's not right. Maybe that's going to lead you to a path that's going to end up being making you make worse choices or having a, a worse fallout. It's um, a lot of little things like that. Well, we have to make decisions like that uh, mm-hmm. as far as being parents, too, because mm-hmm. when, when you were talking about it's things that look normal to everyone else, 
um, just this past week, um, Landon was saying to me that he doesn't understand why he can't have his PlayStation in his room like all the other kids that he knows. Because mm-hmm. um, that's normal, that you yeah. have a device in your bedroom that gives you access to anything and everything that you would want. And this is not me. I didn't, honestly, I, I was caught off guard. I didn't know how to respond to him because I didn't want it, it to sound like I was criticizing the parents of his friends and mm-hmm. things like that or somehow find myself to be superior. Right. In that, it was just one of those things where I had to go like, yeah, that's just not something that we're going to do, though. It, mm-hmm. it might be something that other people like. It looks normal for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but for us, it is going to be a little bit different. I guess that's just kind of the the path of, of Christianity in general, though. Yeah. It's always been a little bit countercultural yeah. in regards to, hey, everyone else is doing that. And so that kind of leads me to one of the next things that you talked about. Um, and this will go hand in hand because I really want to talk about the societal issues that, that this is mm-hmm. causing for us is that we talked about Sunday that the initial sin, like a lot of times we talk about the initial sin being pride, which really, as we've really uncovered in this series, and I think it's going to be the, for the good of people that listen to this series, that everything was tied to the human vocation and the image of God mm-hmm. in Genesis 1 and 2, and then it was the breaking of that mm-hmm. in Genesis 3. So it was really more than a pride issue or even a disobedience issue, Mm -hmm. the initial sin was really tied to identity and Mm -hmm. a failure to be who God made um, the man and the woman to be. Mm -hmm. So you said Sunday that that there was an identity crisis taking place in the garden that ultimately led to this. Mm -hmm. And as we look around our world today... um, most, a lot of the major societal issues that we face are all tied to identity issues. Mm-hmm. And so what role does um, being really solid and firm and understanding who you are mm-hmm. play um, as far as our ability to, to live as humans and be genuinely human? Yeah, so I think it really, going back to the parenting thing, I honestly think that there has been such a breakdown over past generations of not really setting up kids for success in a way that we've taught the foundational of who they are in their image and how God actually created them. Um, You know, and this is maybe (laughs) a weird thing to talk about, but, but one thing that we decided as parents to do was that we were going to create, like teach our kids that they were created as whether they were male or female and what those actual parts were. There's a foundation of a healthy sexuality that needs to be taught to children from an early age and not making up weird names for, for parts or making them feel shameful for things, but making them understand that that's their body and that's how God made them. And it really kind of starts there. I think in, in some ways is, is being able to teach them and pull out those best parts of them. When we, we, we see and know that our kid is creative, helping them to explore that and like let them know, hey, you're creative. And so you're going to want to draw or doodle or do these things. Or you may have ideas or a great imagination, like letting them use those things when they're young. So that way when they're older, like they feel comfortable and confident in it because because there's the the disconnect often as we try to mold kids to be something that that we think they should be 
um, or that society thinks that they should be. And then they're not actually being able to be them. Like we want to minimize or, or make them um, damper mm-hmm. those things that maybe maybe they do like to talk a lot. Well, maybe they're going to be a great communicator one day. You yeah. know, maybe they seem a little bossy. Maybe they're going to be a great leader one day. Like taking those things and really helping to amplify them and teaching them how to use those in the best ways will help them have the confidence to use those things later on in life. And that's where I feel like, um, you know, I, I know for a lot of times I was told to be quiet as a kid and for a while as a young kid, like I lost my voice. I was very shy for a season in life. And I remember that moment when I felt like I regained my voice and it was freeing for me, Mm -hmm. even as a kid. And so I think if we can get back to like understanding how we are made, like those things, those passions, those talents, the stuff that we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, like when we can get back to some of those things and really tune into those in a bit and explore those a little bit more to see, okay, this is something I'm passionate about. This is a talent I have. This is a gifting I have. This is something I enjoy that fills me up. How can I use that in life? Maybe those things are the things that I'm supposed to be doing and not all these other things that maybe don't fill me up, that do drain me, that um, do cause me to feel like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. So, again, something that you said, I know I'm supposed to be the one asking the questions, but I I suck at not talking. Um, But because you really um, hit something early Mm -hmm. on in that answer that made me think about a book that I read from one of your favorite authors, Mm -hmm. Danielle Strickland. Um, Her book, A Beautiful Mess, actually deals all with uh, the Mm -hmm. creation narrative and and things that really do a lot with identity. But she tells this story in that book, and I've seen her talk about this live, that when she goes to put her um, little boy to bed at Mm. night, she always asks, she says, how did God make us? And and because or like if he gets in trouble or something, like Uh he'll say, oh, I'm being bad. It's like, but how did God make us? He made you good. He made you good. Mm-hmm. And and here here's the deal. Whether or not you're a proponent of the doctrine of original sin, and we do not have time to sit here and <laughs> debate that one way or another. I'm like, <laughs> like neck deep into it, like already with my prep for this week as to the proponents and those that – you know, mm-hmm. are not big fans of it, but mm-hmm. whether no matter where you stand on that, I think that the commitment to such a strong doctrine of original sin mm-hmm. that teaches that we are just inherently bad mm-hmm. leads people to an identity that makes yeah. them think that they are inherently bad and incapable of living out the, their God-given identity. So, like one of the major societal issues that we face is father uh, a lack of fathers and mm-hmm. a lot of those people that run away from being a father are because they didn't have a father in front of them so they've been told well you'll never be able to do right. it you'll you don't know what it's like to be a good dad mm-hmm. so therefore they take off from it so a lot of the societal issues that we face yeah. all stem from the fact that people don't realize that they were in they are made good they are made yeah. in the image of a good god sin mars that and whether that's right. Original sin, as Augustine would mm-hmm. talk about, or whether that is a sin that takes place, you know, early on in our life because of the world that we live in. However, you want to see that theologically, the fact is that we're all yeah. sinners, and so that image starts to get a little bit uh, mixed up. That mm-hmm. image starts to to not look like the original, but it doesn't 
negate the fact that you were made good. Mm -hmm. And so that's, if you will start from that place of the identity, then a lot of these other issues that we face, you know, this, uh, no doubt about it, this is one of the reasons why we have a medical or a mental health crisis in our, Mm -hmm. in our world. It's because people don't understand who they, they genuinely Mm -hmm. are. And um, at the end of your sermon, one of your final points was that we can become like him again. So, like, if we started out good, Uh this is is the importance of understanding Genesis 1 and 2 before you get to the— Right. Like, everyone wants to start in Genesis 3 Uh with— Humanity is sinful, but mm-hmm. if you will start with Genesis 1 and 2 and see God's good creation, right. then you realize that if it was good to begin with, it can be good mm-hmm. again. And so talk about um, the restoration of the image, that it wasn't lost, as mm-hmm. you said, but that we can be like God again. Yeah. So I think this story for me personally is is what I had to discover and find out Um at a certain point in my life, because there was a point in my life as a teenager that I knew I was called. I knew, um, regardless of all the trauma and abuse that I faced and the way that my home life was and everything else, like I knew that I had a great purpose in life and I knew that God had a plan for me. However, um, there was a time after, you know, after my dad died and after things kind of went like crazy, um, that, I started living contrary to the things I knew. And for me, it wasn't ever that I doubted God or didn't believe in him. It was the way I viewed myself. It was that I thought I was unworthy. It was that I thought I had failed. It was that I thought like there was no way. And there was a point in my life where God um, spoke to me through someone who, who prayed for me. I had just ended a prayer and had said, God, like, if you still see anything pure within me, let me know if you can still use me, let me know. And immediately this man was praying for me and he answered my prayer by saying that I remember you from the restaurant. I'd waited on them earlier that day. He said, I remember you from the restaurant and God showed me you had a pure heart and he's going to use you. And in that moment, I realized God sees something different than what I see. And what I have trouble sometimes often seeing in myself, he still sees because he sees beneath all that. Like, and so there's just this aspect that it's, it's never too late to like, you can't rewind the clock and take all those things back, but you can start something new again. Like if you ever have a goal to get healthy, well, you might fail at that but you can start over again the next day or the next week, like whenever it happens, like you can always start over. You don't have to um, feel like once you fail once, it's all lost. And if we look at back at like our great inventors of the world and all of those things, like if they had stopped at any point of their failing, they would, we wouldn't have all the things that we have today. And the same goes for our identity and for who we are and for how God created us is to remember that like, although we may fail and although we may make mistakes, it doesn't change where we first began. And it doesn't change the ability to go back to that and start fresh, start again. I think that's one of the most powerful things of, of grace that we see is that we, we shouldn't abuse it, but if it happens, it's there readily and free for us. If we would just reach out and take it with any new thing that you want to start over, anything that you need to try again, it takes you taking that step. 
to begin again. Well, there's, there's a reason, um, there's a reason why the story of the Bible is not how God scrapped all of his plans Mm -hmm. and then just like started over because uh, presuming that God can do whatever he so chooses, Uh he didn't have to take the route that he did. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's the same thing with us. Like just because it got messed up doesn't mean that the story's over. Mm -hmm. And that like what you were saying about you is exactly how I felt as a as a young person growing up in the church. I always thought like, gosh, what these people like, Mm -hmm. I don't understand how they don't have the desire to, you know, do the stuff that I wanted to do. Or why Mm -hmm. does it seem like their mind doesn't work the way that my mind works? Because my mind feels broken and Mm -hmm. all of this. But there's a reason why the story of the Bible is a story of redemption and not, mm-hmm. hey, let's just completely scrap the whole thing. Yeah. And it's because that's actually the process that, that like, I was reading in a book today in preparation for Sunday mm-hmm. that um, th- this is even in a correction of something I said earlier in this series, that Revelation 21 is going to be um, a reversion back to Eden. And what the guy was reading today said was that Eden will actually be, or um, the new creation will actually be even better Mm -hmm. than where it even started. Um, Because there won't be the possibility of the fall again. So, so even like, so I said, oh, it'll be a reversion back to Eden. It's like, no, it'll actually be even Mm -hmm. a, it it will be beyond any of that. There will be greater order Mm -hmm. and goodness and than anything that the created order has ever seen. Because it has gone through the redemption process. Yeah. Because it's gone through the reviving process. That's the same for us. Yeah, absolutely. Like we started out good. All of us are going to fall short of the glory of God and sin in one way or another. Mm -hmm. But on the other side of that, because we've gone through the redemption process, we as new creations will end up, you know, even like in a different, because we'll have the spirit of God within us and all this other stuff. And so it's uh, just... The amount of depth in the first three chapters of the Bible that a lot of time gets overlooked because we take a really simplistic view of what's Mm -hmm. going on there and we tie it all to sin rather than to identity, Mm -hmm. Um, like rather than sin caused by identity, Mm -hmm. we miss out on all the beauty in those first three chapters. Um, And it's leading me to think like next year we're going to continue this Genesis series like just Mm -hmm. on because... Like we've talked about the first two weeks, like the better we understand the foundation of all of this, mm-hmm. like the more we are going to understand how to faithfully live yeah. as the people of God. And it is way bigger than what we've ever thought. Make sure you check us out Sunday at 9 and 11, either in person or on Facebook or YouTube as we jump into week four of Inception. We'll be covering Genesis 4 and probably a little bit of chapter 5. Um, before we take a week off from the series and then we'll be hitting the Noah passages where we're going to be getting into the flood and all of that, which is going to be um, really challenging, but also really, really um, helpful stuff as we just continually see the grace of God in these first 11 chapters of Genesis. Thanks so much for tuning in and we hope to catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in to The Extra Point. Be sure to subscribe to the Southridge Church Podcast and tune in every Wednesday for another episode of The Extra Point.